Welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast, and my whole name is Brendan Michael Bigley. Uh, my full name is Stephen Paul Hilger. Yeah. Uh, so we're Paul and Michael. I like that. <laughs> oh, and Little if names. we're to include confirmation names, my name is Brendan Michael Michael Bigley. Uh, mine is uh, Paul Francis. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Michael Michael, well, and this is my co-host Paul Francis. <laughs> I'm Paul Francis. <laughs> I have eight spiders for pets. We're talking about a wonderful (laughs) iOS game that I brought up briefly last week uh, in the break because I just downloaded it and played it for about, uh, I don't know, a half an hour and thought it was nice and that we'd both like it. And it's called Guildlings. Uh, Steve and I have now played a whole bunch of it and we really, really, really wanted to talk about it. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I've tweeted about it a bit. It's really really up our alley uh not to be egocentric with praise but like i just it's so it's so uh it's so us for lack of a better phrase yeah like it's what we for for better wording there it's what we seek out in a lot of uh in a lot of video games absolutely Um, has really charming art style it's very funny uh and it's a very unique take on an rpg uh, that i have not seen on any mobile platform uh, or really like in games in general, you know, I don't want to limit it to just mobile games really, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is really, uh, spectacularly done from like art style to writing to game design. Um, it takes full advantage of being a mobile game in the yeah, best way, sure. like right off the bat. I actually, the, the opening of this game is kind of the best way to also describe what the game is, but, um, it starts off with, uh, you as a as a character named Coda who uh, receives a tome, which is like a magic smartphone, essentially, that allows her to become a guild master, uh, which pretty much means that you can collect. Um, this sounds worse than it is. You can collect people kind of like Pokemon, uh, but they join your team. They become quote unquote guildlings um, and they all have different. You're like the leader of a party of adventurers. Yes, exactly. It's, it's less of a collection and more of a party. Yes. I don't know. I don't know why you settled on that twice. <laughs> It's a game where you collect people. You collect you uh, collect uh, people. Uh, yeah, just I know what you mean just that. like working your way up in high society. Uh, you collect influence by meet. No, uh, you're right. It's more it's more like um, assembling a party. But anyway, you essentially are using this like magical uh, smartphone device to uh, communicate with people. You are trapped in a bubble. You as Coda are trapped in a bubble on your bed at your house, and everybody else kind of follows a little like diamond sprite that represents you out in the world and you uh just kind of like build up this this incredibly adorable and fun and and charming party uh as you try and maybe save the world or maybe you know just go on a date or something yeah like games uh that we've talked about like oxen free or any other like dialogue centric game there are a lot of dialogue options um and those choices will have effects on characters mood and might even level them up um which increases their uh their total health which is rendered to what their cell phone's battery is mm-hmm. it if i had i don't i don't want to reduce anything to similes but it in our sort of overview pitch of the game i would actually most compare this game to earthbound and super mario rpg in terms of tone mm, yeah totally. um there is a very similar sense of like earthbound is a little bit more um there's an undercurrent of darkness to earthbound that isn't present here but this sort of like the sense of humor and the soundtrack especially like the battle theme in this game mm-hmm. is very very earthbound inspired uh, and i mean that as a compliment it has that sort of satirical edge to an rpg but it also like greatly values the mechanics and it has weight to it the battles are designed around endurance over attacking so it's a lot about managing enemies attacks and enemies range from like a fridge you brought to life to like a garbage bag with a face on it mm-hmm. um and that's where i also get the earthbound vibe because a lot of enemies in earthbound are like equally bizarre and kind of irreverent yeah so your attacks might be 
be like, okay, if this enemy is going to try to make my mood angry, uh, the first character you get, your cool older sister, can stay cool under pressure. So she like casts a spell and has sunglasses. And that's the first thing that made me fall in love with the game is how often they use the sunglasses emoji. I'm like, this is completely up my alley. Yeah, totally. Like, I thought I was alone in my love for that emoji, <laughs> which I guess I shouldn't because it's a pretty common one, but still. Yeah, I really like that that fine balance of satire and uh, I guess homage or like it doesn't feel like it's just a spoof like it has it has meat to it yeah um, before we just skate by it, it it is worth mentioning like mechanically and and from like a game story perspective um, the idea is that the, the reason that your guildlings health is denoted by their cell phone battery is that their connection to you via your tome is the thing that allows them to be guildlings and allows the guild to stay together. So if their battery runs dry for any reason, that means that they lose their connection to you and they're no longer part of the guild. So your moves in, in any battle essentially are the enemy attacking you, which will reduce your cell phone battery, and you either choosing to attack back, which will maybe change your mood, which will allow you to do different things, or you can literally just sit back and charge your phone for that turn and just like uh, increase the battery of you and the other people in the party, um, which is... A very cool give and take. And like you said, uh, it's more about endurance than actually defeating the enemy because there are a set number of turns in every battle and you can see it's denoted by like little diamonds at the top of the screen. Um, and if it's five, that just means you have to survive until the end of those five turns. And if you didn't, you know, quote unquote, beat the enemy or whatever, because they don't have health even, um, then you're good. And by attacking that enemy, you can also reduce the amount of turns that the overall battle takes, uh, which is cool. Yeah. Some enemies require you to finish it like with an attack. With like a little um, flare. So like, yeah, like they, like the fridge you fight in the beginning uh, won't move until you like impress it, basically. Yeah, um, it's it's the tone of it is extremely consistent. Like there's this this is sort of a. Uh, Everything that's kind of magical is like oddly mundane, which I like. Like there are goblins that just sort of hang out with teenagers and they're all like just like other teenagers, basically. Yeah, essentially. Um, they're like it, it kind of almost has that uh, short hike presentation where they're just people you can talk to and like you can spend as much time talking to them as you want. Um, There's a really impressive amount of dialogue and dialogue is a tough thing to really do well in a video game, to be honest. I think this game treats it very well because so much of the game is is literally both in real life and through the fiction of the game on your phone. So reading text threads and like seeing how that changes characters' moods and that actually affecting the abilities they can do both in combat and just in the overworld. Like some characters have, uh, your cool older sister has an ability to bring objects to life so they move out of the way. Mm -hmm. Or you can talk to them, which is like a very powerful ability that like yeah. I love how they treat that. Um, like in the garage, there's like her first few summons are there and you can just talk to them. And they're like, you know, we're still proud of you. This is great. Yeah, they're all like um, really bizarre. There's one that I, I'm absolutely obsessed with. That's a coffee maker that's wearing sunglasses. Uh, oh, yeah. You texted that to me and said, is this you? Yeah. Uh, and it took a screenshot. of Yeah, that. it's a coffee maker wearing sunglasses. And the first thing he says, he just goes, oh, hey. And uh, Sib, who is your your older sister your older sibling turns to you and is like, oh yeah, he wouldn't stop doing like experiments. Like he wouldn't just make coffee for us. He would just be like, okay, I'm just going to put a bunch of dirt in some water. I'm going to call that coffee and like, see if, <laughs> see if they like that more. Um, but the best is like, he's like, oh, hey, you guys want some spider water? It's like, no, I don't want spider water. I just need <laughs> you to, to move over to the side so I can climb this ladder. Uh, yeah. It's, it's just, it's, co it's comedy goal to summon something to life, to only have it to move, but then it's given sentience. So of course, it's going to want to talk about stuff. Yeah, it's, um, it's great. Uh, the other uh, guildling you recruit is this very energetic young boy who can like jump up walls uh, if he's excited. Yeah, he so, like runs fast enough that he just kind of like scales the wall super quick. Yeah. So the fact that uh, conversations will change moods, which can change access to abilities, gives the conversations weight. And it's also just really funny. Like there are some games that kind of have a focus on dialogue that can kind of be exhausting or like tedious to get through and this game is never that it's always fun and it's always refreshing to read yeah um it's just really like i think it's i think it's because it's very well paced it never overstays its welcome like there's <laughs> the last thing i saw in the game is like there's some ferryman uh who's like taking them via boat somewhere else mm -hmm. 
and he has a he has a very funny name. It's like oddly formal. It's like Mister something, and he's on screen for one second. They're like, "Thanks, Mister whatever," and he goes, "Yeah, whatever." And he, like, <laughs> that's, like, that's the whole exchange. <laughs> you know, other games would have been like, "Thanks for taking us to this island." Like, what should we do here? It was just like, "Thanks, Mister this whatever." Yeah. Um. So funny, and yeah, it's really charming, and also like the tone is very light. It's very humorous. Uh, it's very satirical, but. I think uh, it's satirical in the way that it's also like a love letter to the genre. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's clearly, it's not like making fun of RPG elements. It's having fun with them. Yeah. And there are moments that kind of are, are, are more emotionally heavy. Like there's one point where the energetic young kid is like, Hey, Thanks again for letting me join your team. Like, I know I try to be overly positive, but a lot of people aren't nice to me at all. And it's just cool to be here. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, cool, right, enough of that. Like, let's keep going. And, like, that's such a nice small moment that, like, makes me realize there's more going on than just the jokes. Yeah, those are the moments um, where I'm like, this is a game for Steven. <laughs> it's, it's in those moments where I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah this is exactly. Because, I mean, you you talk a lot on this show about the, the sense of ensemble in uh, RPGs and how important yeah. it is for a party to be uh, consistent of characters that are not only strong enough to stand on their own, but uh, together make, like, a thing that is greater than the sum of their parts. Um, and exactly, this yeah. game, even just with you as Coda and then Sib, your cool older sister, and then Chazaz, who is the small fast kid that we're talking yeah. about. Like even just that party of three is incredible and hilarious and so dynamic and, and, and fun to watch interact that like, as soon as you start adding more on top of that, it's just kind of like, it's, it's candy, you know, it's so yeah, good. It's so good. Yeah. Sib is co- like her mood constantly goes to angry whenever Chazaz says anything. Yeah, because he's like (laughs) the the he's always like super positive and energetic, and she's like very cool. Kind of reminds me like a Daria character. Oh yeah, like totally. You know, like very '90s kind of grunge. Um, and uh, (laughs) there's one point where you had to fight a Doom Bird, and and for some reason the Doom Bird is friends with a fellow Wisp that loves collecting receipts. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and Chazaz like gets sad. He's like, oh my god. He's like, my whole brand is being positive. But no one likes receipts. Yeah. What is this? <laughs> that made me crack up. Yeah. It's a really... The friendship between it, the Doombird and that Wisp, too, is so funny. Because the Doombird so literally only says, like, Doom, repent. Yeah. <laughs> and the, yeah, and the, and the Wisp, wisp is, like, is like, thanks Hello. so much for stopping by. It's been yeah. so great seeing you again. That's one of the things I, I shared. Oh my god, it's it it feels so fully realized, even though it is like very humorous and and arguably on the surface. Like there's so much going on and so much thought was given to every character you talk to. Yeah. Um. And that way, it also reminds me of Undertale, which I would. I mean, the Earthbound comparisons there are huge as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like Earthbound, Mario RPG, Paper Mario, uh, and Undertale. This game is right up there with them in terms of like that genre of RPG. Um, that kind of quirky, uh, like humorous but heartfelt um, RPG that with like modern sensibility. And that's what I also like. The, the fusion of modern technology and magic works really well. That's another tough balance to do. Sometimes it can kind of come off too irreverent. There's yeah. actually another game that does that that we're talking about later that doesn't work nearly as well as this does. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh-huh. And it's actually, I, now that I'm talking about Guildlings, it'll be interesting to talk about the other game later. But yeah, I just, I can't recommend it enough. If you have Apple Arcade, definitely pick this up. If you are a fan of RPGs or a fan of like, I would compare this too to like adventure zone or like stuff like that where it has that sort of like mm-hmm. lighthearted do you would you agree with that or yeah yeah i would yeah, yeah. It, it feels a little um adventure zone definitely but yeah um, yeah it, it's it's so so charming and and i'm still at a point where i'm like early enough i think where i'm not really sure what the actual plot of the the full game is yet outside of like just assembling this party of like cool people and hanging out um but (laughs) right but like at least the way the game opens is you get the tome and you recruit sib as your first guildling um and the tome is like okay well you're a guild master now so you need to go on some like earth saving quest like you need to go on some like big exciting adventure uh and sib is like well i have a date soon do you want to just call the adventure like getting me to my date and the tome is like all right sure that's fine and then you just do that <laughs> and, like you just yeah. you just kind of shuttle sib to her date um which you know goes slightly awry and some stuff happens and i don't 
want to give it away but um like it's it's just so funny that that the game is constantly um setting you up in this like incredible fantasy world it, it it almost feels like this is maybe the worst comparison but it's maybe the most apt but it feels like that netflix movie bright where it's like yeah there was like a whole lord of the rings thing that happened but that was like 5,000 years ago and you're now so far in the future that like it's just regular society now that movie is bad and this game is very good but in terms of the idea of like taking orcs and goblins and like all these fantasy elements and just incorporating it into modern day society um, this game does such a spectacular job of it right down to the actual like control mechanism of the game in that like as the tome um, Coda can see the world from above everything else so she is she is from her bed looking at her tome seeing the world in an isometric view so like you really do feel as you're playing like you're seeing exactly what she's seeing um and the text threads between uh different characters back and forth because that's how they have to communicate through the guild um is really great and there will even be moments where like people will enter a private chat with you yeah um so like you will be talking to a goblin or something and then like sib will be in a private chat and just be like just fuck off with this guy like i'm just done talking to him (laughs) um and then you go back to, you know, the non-private chat and then you tell right. the goblin to fuck off. Not in those words. But anyway, it's really great. And and I wonder, um, I, I want more people to play this game. Like, I wish that more people could experience this game. It seems like one of those things that is, I think, you know, made for Apple Arcade and like yeah. is only kind of At possible least because of Apple Arcade. Yeah. And it, and it makes me wonder, like, will we ever see this on another platform? Like, is there a way to make this work elsewhere? Um, and I don't know what the answer to that is, but it might be one of those situations where like this game only exists because apple arcade exists and like without apple arcade there would be no guildlings and you know that's fine but uh it, it is a game I, I wish more people could experience because i'm having such a great time with it um and it, it is like my favorite thing about it not my favorite thing but one of my favorite things about it and, and the thing that i hammer home constantly whenever i talk about mobile games on this show because i just play a lot of them is you can play this whole game with one hand and it is so good for the subway um and it is so good for playing on the train i'm just so happy that they made a game that has like all these wonderful control inputs that are all doable with just my thumb holding the phone while I'm using another hand to hold a railing on a subway. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it is a very good commute game. It's also like oddly relaxing even in the battles and stuff. Like it's a very chill game. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. Would recommend to anyone really. Um, it's honestly not a bad introduction to RPGs either if you're not as familiar. Like, this might be a good one to start with, to be honest. It's yeah, a little maybe. bit like, it, it. it's, I think you'll enjoy it more if you're familiar because I think you'll enjoy seeing how traditional RPG elements translate to this world. Like, that's a lot of the fun of the game. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, if you're, if you're looking to get into RPGs, this isn't a bad gateway. Because I think it's, like, going to, like, test the waters of, like, do you like turn-based combat? Do you like dialogue, character-centric stuff? Because mm-hmm. um, there are other, like, like we've listed, there are other games like this. If you like this, you'll probably like Earthbound a lot. Um, I think that's probably the strongest point of comparison, I would say, so far. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm such a huge fan of this game. I love it. Yeah, I imagine we'll talk about it more eventually. <laughs> wink, I just, wink. <laughs> Whenever I say I love it, I fight the urge. You watch uh, Great British Bake Off, right? Mm-hmm. When Paul Hollywood goes, I don't like it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> just the classic reality show. He never, he never just says, I don't like it. It's like, does he's, he's messing with you. He's going to say he loves it. Yeah. But yeah, well, I think we'll talk about this game again, regardless of, of what context it's in. Um, definitely check it out if you have an iPhone. I could see this maybe coming to Switch, but you would have to like hold it vertically, I feel like. There are other know. games that do that. Yeah, that's true. Download um, does that, which I love. Download does that. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, but for now, Apple Arcade, and it is great. It's a great time. I wonder how long it is. I wonder, like, I'm I'm just about to have the full party. Like, I'm a little bit mm. ahead of you. I'm, I'm just about. I just recruited the twins, and there's one more character that we're about to recruit. Uh, so... I'm not yeah. sure how much longer it's going to go, but I feel like now is the time for there to be like a bigger A plot or maybe the whole thing is just like slice of life stuff, which I would also enjoy. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea how, how long this game is. I just know that I'm very surprised at how long it already is. Yeah. Like, it, like yeah. we've talked a lot about how there's sort of uh, biases against mobile games and honestly, I think we both understand why. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to get through with a lot of them. A lot of them are like very predatory with microtransactions. A lot of them are are you know all, all the negative stereotypes. But there's a lot of cool stuff that's being made 
that takes advantage of it being on a phone like this game, like Florence. Uh, there, there are so many, and I think Apple Arcade is helping usher that wave of developers in, um, in terms of more and more people like utilizing the platform of mobile to its advantage. So that way, like if you're making a game for mobile, it's for a reason. It's not just because it's some like spinoff of a pre-existing game that's going to charge you to play as dry bones, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's my take uh, at least. No, yeah, totally agree. I mean, yeah, there we have a whole episode about Apple Arcade that you can go back and check out. Um, but I mean, my my take on Apple Arcade is essentially like it is a little bit of a bummer that Apple like kind of created this problem and is now sure. trying to also solve it by charging people to solve it. But at the same time, uh, I'm glad that uh, experiences like Guildlings and uh, Card of Darkness and Grindstone and Sinar Wild Hearts are like things in my life now, you know, like yeah, already and, and in the first like two months of <clears throat> Apple Arcade, I've been just blown away by the level of quality and, with and stuff the games like I've been playing. for sure and with stuff like side in our wild hearts that is for every platform so like i think that there's a future in which apple arcade is not exclusive to the iphone which i think would be yeah. ideal um so yeah we'll i mean already if you if you have apple arcade um some games not all but some games are playable on i um iphone ipad apple tv and i think mac also which is like well, so cool right that is cool but i mean like outside of the apple pyramid oh, like, yeah. there's, there yeah, are other yeah. platforms like you know if you have i don't know uh you know if, if you if you're for some reason not a apple product owner there yeah. are options for games like Sinar wild hearts and stuff yeah totally sick Cool. Guildlings. Can't recommend it enough, honestly. It rules. Sunglass emoji. Sunglass emoji. You want to move on? Yes. Cool. See you there. Oh, I'll Goodbye. see you over there. Goodbye, <laughs> We're somewhere else now. Goodbye. Hey, Brendan, we're inside the break. Wow. Look at us. We're. Uh, the, I feel like here. when we say we're in the break, it's like in Guildlings when we're like in a weird bubble on our bed and we exist through a gem outside of our house, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it's like the the uh, what what are they called the the rooms that the guild hangs out in? Oh, oh the guild hall. Um, it's called the guild the hall. The guild hall. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that that's what the breaks are. Those um, remind me of the break rooms in Persona Five, like in the in the palaces. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, totally that vibe. Um, um, let's talk about a thing uh, that we. Uh, I think you and I both checked out kind of on a whim very quickly based on uh, some tweets and some articles that were going around on Friday. But uh, there's this thing that's called the AI Dungeon 2 that came out recently. Uh, and it's a neural net based text adventure game that uh, essentially randomly generates itself based on any input that you put in. Um, so you play this game. I think it's only available in browser right now. Um, who knows if it'll ever make it outside of that. It seems more like a tech demo than anything else and just like a fun, like goofy thing to try out. I don't think they're actually yeah. going like, to package this up in any meaningful way outside of I don't that. I think so. Um, but essentially uh, what happens is you load the game. It asks you what your name is. Uh, it asks you what kind of adventure you want to have between like fantasy, Western, sci-fi, uh, mystery. Uh, you pick any of those. Uh, and if you pick like fantasy, for example, it says, okay, what class are you? And it's like noble, rogue knight whatever you know druid ranger squire uh, squire stuff like that squire is one of them yeah and then you pick one of those and then it begins a story uh and it'll just be like your name is steven and you are in the woods and uh off in the distance you hear a shriek what do you do um and like an old school text adventure game uh you can kind of just type in whatever but i actually i guess unlike old text adventure games you can type in whatever uh usually yeah. there are a set number of options that are like run north or like talk to chamberman or something like that um but in this case it is literally like it tells you when you start the game you can type any verb in uh, and the game will like try and form itself around whatever you typed in. Um, and it creates some wild shit, honestly. Um, it is it is actually amazing to play this thing and and have it react to just like the weirdest stuff you could possibly come up with. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I was too weird for it because it crashed eight times for me. But maybe that's <laughs> just my computer. Um, but I had a lot of fun with it. I first chose to be a wizard uh, and I kept I kept writing text dad. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> so it was like you are steven the wizard you uh are in a library full of books like you read one of a language you can't quite decipher and i was like text dad and it's like you text your father to ask him advice and he goes i don't know i'm stumped or something like that. <laughs> and then i the the like eighth or ninth time i wrote text dad it was like you text dad you text dad you text dad and then it crashed <laughs> 
<laughs> so wait, you just um, kept saying text dad over and over again? Yeah. Great. Yeah. He, he, yeah. And eventually. So then the next time I tried to do it for real. So I chose the knight and it was like, you are, uh, you, you're basically like in the midst of a battle with this evil dragon. And through various events, I became friends with the dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was like, put my sword away and it, but it kind of misunderstood. It was like, you lunge at the dragon with your sword and like poke its eye out. And then I wrote like, say sorry to the dragon. <laughs> and it was like, you say, sorry, that was an accident. It's fine. Says the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> then we got lunch. Uh, it, it was kind of a beautiful moment. I wrote like become friends with the dragon. And then it, it said like, you ask the dragon if it wants to be friends. And then it says, of course, we'll always be friends. Um, <laughs> so then we went, and ate lunch in a cafeteria, I guess. Uh, and outside there were orcs and humans fighting. So then I texted my dad uh, <laughs> you know, just to have a thematic link. And the dad, my dad, the dad showed up to fight the orcs and, and he texted me back saying they're too tough for me. <laughs> and then I tried to fly outside with my dragon friend and then it crashed. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, you can load, like when it crashes, it gives you a code that you can then reload the, the browser and like load that save file. But mm-hmm. it takes a while. It, it takes a while to run this game. Like yeah. it's very, yeah, it takes a long time to bones. start it, but it's really cool. I'd recommend checking it out. I think there's so many people playing it. I don't know if that has an effect on like, you know, this is probably not made to, to withstand the popularity it's been receiving. I don't know if that's even a factor or just, I'm just trying to figure out why it kept crashing for me. But yeah. I, I have really no fun. idea how it works or how it runs or whatever, but I, yeah, I either. do know that there's some, it has something to do with the fact that everybody can also like enter their own responses and story beats into it. Um, and, oh, the, and the neural net is using those responses and story beats to like shape new ones based on different verbs that people are using. So like, I think that's how you, how you end up in the situation that I was in where I, I was playing as a rogue in a fantasy world. And like, it literally opens up with you are in a town and you're looking for something to steal but nothing seems like expensive enough so you can either leave the town and go find somewhere else or you could go to the castle where your father lives and i was like well i'm obviously going to go to the castle where my father lives i got to check that out and i showed up text dad i I texted my dad um i I showed up (laughs) and there were two guards outside and i said hi i'm here to see my father and like your father's been kidnapped uh and and he he's you know he was last seen in this like cave where some orcs live i was like okay cool so you know, get a map to the cave where the orcs live and stuff like that. And I go and I make my way over to this cave and I'm about to go into the cave and uh, and some elf woman shows up. With, and this is where it's very clear that people are typing in their own shit. Um, this elf woman shows up and like starts trying to seduce me. And I'm trying to ask her constantly, what is happening in this cave? Why are you preventing me from going in this cave? And she is continuing to try and seduce me. The game really wants me to, I guess, have sex with this elf. And I'm just like, okay, but I'd really don't want to do that i would like to go save my father um and while i'm having this exchange with this elf woman a giant fireball comes down from the sky and engulfs the mountain that the cave is a part of uh and and what does it say eventually you hear a loud explosion followed by silence you slowly stand up and look up you see a huge fireball engulfing the area in front of you you watch the flame consume the entire mountain and uh i i wrote continue to watch the fireball it says you watch the fireball burn through the mountain soon after the fire subsides you see a massive explosion occur the ground shakes and rocks fall from the sky and i say seek shelter and then it said you run outside and hide behind a rock you listen intently for any signs of movement after a few seconds you hear a voice hey there i'm so glad you came back and you look up and again see a beautiful elf standing in front of you (laughs) (laughs) oh my god and it I said, like, I said, I'm sorry, do we know each other? And she laughs and replies, no, but I think we should start getting along. You smile oh and reply, well, why don't we get together sometime and talk about, talk about our problem? And she blushes and says, you're too kind and kisses you on the cheek. And then I Jeez. said, because I'm trying to move the story forward, what are yeah. you doing at this cave? And she replies, it's called the Cave of Wonders. It's where I used to play with my friends when I was little. You laugh and say, yeah, that must have been fun. You both begin to kiss and caress each other. And that's what the game responded with. <laughs> 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 I was just like, excuse me, so... <laughs> 
There's a there's a burning <laughs> mountain and dad. a war between orcs and goblins happening outside, and yeah. I'm trying to save my father, and the game really wants me to just like, ignore no, 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 all no, of kiss that. Kiss this elf. Yeah. <laughs> Smooch an elf in a cave. I'm not unconvinced that she didn't blow up that mountain to keep you there. You know that's what, I, mean? what I was trying to that's yeah. what I was trying to get to. I was trying that to That would say, have been like, a fun twist, but I feel like they really just <laughs> they really were just like Yeah. It's like a very horny DM. Like, no, 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 you have to stay here. Yeah, eventually I was like, get up. Day. And, yeah, eventually I was like, get up and leave the elf. And I left the elf behind me and I started to walk. I, I completely forgot about this part. I walked forward towards the cave and it was like, you hear the sound of fighting in the cave. And I said, just leave the cave. I don't want that. <laughs> and, I, and I walked back um, and, and eventually like ended up at a campsite where there were a bunch of elves and they were all standing there naked, just staring at me. Uh... And I was like, I can't escape this. All okay, I want to do is save like... my dad. <laughs> Now it's like getting into sort of cult territory, yes. you know, where it was like, this is not just one horny elf. This is a, a much bigger problem. Yeah. <laughs> Something wild is yeah. going on with elves in AI Dungeon 2. Yeah. Don't trust them. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does seem like the longer you stay stagnant, they'll throw some problem at you. Like when I was eating lunch with a dragon, orc showed up and I was like, well, I got to text my dad about this one. Uh, and uh, I just love when my dad texts me back, they're too strong for me. <laughs> and that's when, the game, that's when the game crashed. Yeah, just I can see, yeah, right hand with a sword, left hand texting. <laughs> yeah, I'm very, uh, very, very guildlings. Um, yes. I was basically treating this like I was playing guildlings, mm -hmm. essentially. Yeah. Uh, that's so funny. Did you have any <laughs> yeah. other adventures? You yeah, the, I, d uh, I did another one that you and I talked about briefly before we started recording where uh, I did like the mystery one and I was a private investigator in like San Francisco or something. Yeah. Um, and it opened up with somebody pointing a gun at me and I was pointing a gun back and I said, shoot the person. And I shot them and then it was like, you shoot the person, it hits their leg, they shoot you, it hits you right in the chest, you start bleeding out. I was like, die. And then and then I died and then it was over. That was the whole adventure. A beautiful elf woman comes in. Oh no, what's happened here? Just one last kiss, my love. <laughs> you were saying before Finn. we started recording that it sounded like I was the mystery. I was the person yeah, that gets murdered like, at the beginning of the like mystery what story. The detective would find like, aha, this is a case worth solving. <laughs> um, that's so funny. I had another one where I was a wizard where I kept getting called into a court by my master who was named Baron or something. Great. Uh, and he started speaking a language I didn't understand or some like... I forgot. I just kept sighing. That's what I did that time. It was like you sigh and like your master is unimpressed and like <laughs> speaks in like ancient elven. Or yeah, something. it was so funny. Uh, I actually I summoned a dragon then, but then my dragon got sick. It was a it was a mess. <laughs> I like they didn't even know what to give me. I just feel like I was doing like side quest after side quest that went nowhere and then it, it crashed. Yeah, <laughs> I have seen people on Twitter who like beat the game, who like do a yeah, thing and it's I've like the that. game is over. You've won, which is why I guess it has some type of internal. Like I feel like all the events they're giving you, they want you to solve that event. Yeah, to win, quote unquote. But you and I, I feel like just kept making other problems yeah <laughs> oh, um, yeah oops, it's worth really, really checking oh, out ow. this is making me want to try it again if it doesn't crash this time but definitely check it out i think uh i don't you could find it pretty easily um it's a little bit tricky to run but all the instructions are on the the actual browser page yeah so. yeah it's really cool it's a it's a cool. weird it's a weird fun time and i yeah. recommend it Game of the AI year, dungeon AI two. Dungeon 2. Game of the year, text your dad, tell him you say hi. Text your dad simulator. <laughs> text your dad simulator. <laughs> Avoid an elf simulator. <laughs> <laughs> One last kiss, my love. All right, let's go back to the show. Yeah, goodbye. Get away from me, elf. Steven. Hey. You have been playing a game. Yeah. That I played, um, surprisingly, Years I played ago. before you, I played a bunch yeah. of, uh, and enjoyed a lot, even though I didn't see a lot of it. Classic Brendan move, honestly, <laughs> now that I think about it. Uh, <laughs> I don't mocking you. <laughs> Funny joke, idiot. Kiss me! <laughs> Stop fucking with my time! Kiss me! Stop watching this explosion! Up? Do I have to blow up two mountains? Gave me a smooch. Oh my god. God. It's called Final Fantasy 15 <laughs> for the PlayStation is, yeah. 4 home entertainment console. Uh, you just got it, I think, as part of your Black Friday uh, collection, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I did. Uh, and you've been playing it, it, and I think you've been liking it a lot. Is that true? Yeah, I have I have a lot to say. I've been enjoying it. Um, but I want to talk about, like, 
I, I have a lot to say. I have a lot of feelings. I have a lot of texts I, I got to send my dad. I have a lot of texts I got to send my dad. <laughs> um, so uh, for those, in case this is your first episode, I'm a big Final Fantasy fan. Uh, Brendan has played 15. Prior to the show, you have just played 15, but since doing and the 10. show together. And 10. But since doing the show together, you went back and played 9 and 7, and you really liked 7. Yes. Uh, that was that was the big plot twist of the season. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and I I have a silly mission where I would love to talk about every at least every mainline Final Fantasy on this show. The conceit of the show is that we only bring to the table games that we're enjoying. I am a big enough fan of the series that I think we can at least have interesting discussion about all of them, mm-hmm. even if I hate Final Fantasy two. Like it will be fun to talk about, you know? Right. Um. So. So I, I've been meaning to check out 15 for a long time. I, I wrote about it in the newsletter, which at this point uh, should already be out. So I, I talk about uh, when I when I got a PS4, it was around the time that Final Fantasy 15 came out and I was torn between getting 15 or Persona 5. And yeah. I went with Persona 5, which honestly was the right choice. <laughs> but I am enjoying 15. Um, and I just want to talk about kind of like what I'm going in with now and what i would have went in with when it came out if that makes any sense mm-hmm. um uh the most recent final fantasy that i've experienced was 12 i've i've since gone back and revisited older entries but the the most recent entry that i've played was 12 i missed 13 for some reason 14 is an mmo so i didn't really jump on that right away and when that came out that was like a huge mess the the redemption story of 14 is something that we could probably have fun discussing because now it's like widely beloved yeah totally the, the original one was, I think, Square apologized for it. And 15 came out in uh, 2016 and was like generally liked, but it was kind of divisive. Um, I, I think because it had been waiting in the wings, not waiting in the wings, but it had been in development for so long. It was kind of like a Kingdom Hearts three in that yeah. it was announced. I th- is that true for the PS three? They announced Final Fantasy. It was 15? originally a spinoff of thirteen. Of thirteen, yes. Yeah. yeah, it was originally Final Fantasy thirteen versus right. Um, and so like they, it's amazing that the game is as good as it is based yeah. on its development. Um, it was in development for forever, and it came out uh, in twenty sixteen at the end of the year. I will say this so uh my elevator overview of it is the best and worst thing about it is that it feels nothing like a Final fantasy uh, <laughs> and i'll go into what that means yeah so what i really love about Final fantasy as a series is that ideally every game is its own work of fiction uh, for those who are unfamiliar like every entry in the series is its own completely new fictional world there there are recurring like creatures and themes and you know elements at play but every Final fantasy is its own story yeah. um i would say one through six is like a variation on the same story that's like the classic steampunk 16-bit mm-hmm. Prevent the bad guys from getting crystals. Six was the best version of that story, and that was definitely like the end of that era. Yeah, I think the reason seven was so successful is because it was this new thing. It was you can't stress how different seven was from every Final Fantasy before it. Um, I think that that proved that this franchise, the strength of this franchise, rests (laughs) on the idea that like every entry should be a different thing. Fantasy can mean anything. It doesn't have to be crystals and airships. It can be, <laughs> I mean, ideally there's an airship, but it can be anything. It could be we're in a polluted town and like magic is is obscured by like the polluted sky, you know, like that yeah. is something so, it, it's such a unique modern setting. If you want to hear us gush about Final Fantasy VII, listen to any other episode, basically. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and eight was a very radically different thing with a sort of like academy setting and, and even more of a contemporary setting. Nine was kind of of an homage to the older ones but still had a very unique vibe um and and since then they've they've all been different i think 15 is probably the most radically different and i respect it for that but i think it also falls short of like what you kind of want from this experience mm. um i'll say this the game opens really strongly I, I i went in with very tempered expectations i was like okay i didn't pick this game up because i wasn't really allured by the cast and i wasn't really allured by like what i saw gameplay wise and and nothing about it like really seemed like interesting to me can you talk uh, on like a, a like a really high level what what the cast was and and why it didn't seem interesting to you at at first yeah i mean it's, it's 
in a lot of ways so like i i wrote in the newsletter about like what i think goes into a good ensemble and 15 is starring a cast of four men who are basically identically dressed like you can notice mm-hmm. some differences if you zoom in like prompto has uh, a plaid undershirt and like i think a skull on his jacket but everyone looks like they're a groupie for kings of leon um or not <laughs> not a groupie that. everyone looks like they're a roadie for kings of leon or they're in a kings of leon cover band yeah and uh that's fine like i i like all of them look fine individually but like when you see them all together it's like four identically dressed dudes running around a canyon basically mm-hmm. and like this looks so muted yeah and like not what i want from a final fantasy in any way right but i i i now having played it i have definitely come around to them more i still stand by that not being like a selling point but the game opens pretty brilliantly. It opens with a scene from the future where Noctis is like in in big trouble. He is king. Uh, he's got blood on his face. There's fire everywhere, and his friends are helping him out. And it's really it's a really good scene to set the relationships up visually like you see these four friends diving in harm's way for each other and it's very quick and it's very to the point and then it cuts to the present where noctis is leaving this court uh with his father who's the king and it's honestly for a series known for like really long cutscenes, it's a pretty concise and well-directed moment like you are it's in really the good, court yeah. your bodyguards who are your three friends are all kind of like nervously trying to obey like regal respect but they clearly want to like say or do something Mm -hmm. uh and the king kind of gives you like a cold handoff like your the plot setup is that you have to go meet with your fiance uh to get married and basically become king yeah so you have this standoff noctis is kind of classic like young heroes or like whatever i'm too cool for this walks out and then the king walks out of the hall and is notably more emotional and and warm and i love that visual contrast of like here's how he is in the royal hall and here's how he is like on the steps where like Mm -hmm. he uh later on there's a character who said like in his last he dies pretty early on spoiler alert uh but basically in his last moments he wanted you to see him as your father and not as the king yeah and that really worked for me and then the next scene is you and your three bodyguards pushing a car that's out of gas to the tune of stand by me and like Mm -hmm. that's the moment where the title screen appears and i'm like okay all right, I can definitely get on board for this. Like, this is... Oh, okay. I thought and, you were going to say you didn't like that. I'm glad you did, because I love that. I yeah. did. I did. I, I think that that was... Because here's the deal. I I want to... I'm on board with anything that commits to it confidently. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if this game was going for a different tone, then I would have followed that lead. But they are committing to this being, at least in that moment, they're committing to it being a grounded story about four friends. And, like, basically having to accept responsibility and growing up you know yeah um that's what i got from that scene and i thought it was like under three minutes and it lets you play when you're pushing the car and i genuinely laughed at some moments there like that was great i was all in on that the game itself what i'm having the most fun with above all else the combat in this game is great like really really good this is the way to do real-time rpg combat it Um, is so good especially having i mean now now i'm glad that you played kingdom hearts 3 first before for this <laughs> yeah because the, this is this is yeah. what kingdom hearts 3's combat should have felt like honestly yeah absolutely yeah it, it, kingdom hearts 3 for context is giving you disney ride disney rides as attacks about every four seconds and eventually you feel nothing you are given <laughs> yeah. so many summons and like every three seconds is a limit break that you eventually don't feel like you're controlling anything and yeah. you're like i don't even know like i don't know what's effective i don't know what's whatever and even even though that game is beautiful visually, like you eventually just stop caring about that because you've seen the same like carousel eight times, you know, and <laughs> yeah. you've heard Woody say the same. We don't need to dunk on Kingdom Hearts three, but like this is a game that is is flashy, but it's so efficient with how the combat is delivered. And like I did the tutorial, which I don't normally do, but I the tutorial really did a good job of introducing the mechanics. You can uh, you have like a few weapons you can switch between, kind of like near Automata almost, where you. Can can kind of hack and slash and and dodge and all that and then the most notable attack that noctis has and you control just noctis your three friends are ai controlled with a few exceptions mm-hmm. but noctis's main thing that uses mp is you can warp to an enemy 
or you can warp to a point in the map and like hang there and like regain your magic and then come back. It's really cool and yeah. really fun. Yeah, it's uh, so flashy. It is so stylish. Like it, it, it feels really rad every time you do it. Yeah, like, it does not and there get some, old. It never does. And there are some fun things too, where like you can tell one of your three friends to do like a special move that has like Ignis can mark an enemy, so like you'll do double damage against it. Prompto has like a flashy like they all use different weapons. So like uh, Ignis uses pole arms and daggers um prompto uses guns and machines and uh gladiolus uses shields and heavy big guy swords yeah um <laughs> that's the official term heavy big guy swords. Uh, he's the over the shoulder like huh this looks easy yeah character um i think i mentioned this before the uh brian k vaughn who writes saga was quoted in saying whenever you write for an ensemble of four it's always going to be a version of either the beatles or the ninja turtles and i feel that very strongly with this game yeah we're like uh noctis is leonardo obviously prompto is the michelangelo ignis is donatello and uh gladiolus is Raphael. at least in my head Mm -hmm. or for street sharks i think one would be uh skate (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when you write for a cast of four, it's always street sharks or extreme dinosaurs. Um, I can't believe I brought that up again. Anyway, so I love the combat. I like how you can give them commands. I like how when you attack an enemy from behind, you'll do like team up moves. Like that's always fun. Yeah. And another thing I really like about the combat is spells have so much weight to them. Like when you you can craft a fire or ice or lightning spell and they're basically like grenades. Like you throw them and like they can hurt your allies so you have to be careful. Yeah. And like, like if you throw a fire spell that lingers, that like stays and like burns enemies and like uh, for the first time in a Final Fantasy game I feel like magic feels like special. Yeah. You know, like it feels like oh shit like that was a big deal. That yeah you were, that. you were you were fucking with something that people maybe shouldn't be fucking with. Like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Like hearing Prompto like shiver when I throw a blizzard spell. I'm like, oh shit, I hit him by accident. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Prompto. Um, so I love all that. I think so combat above all else is like the reason you're playing this game. Uh, and I kind of expected that. What I'm also really liking is just all the downtime. Um, like, yes. So in addition to the weapons they use, each character has like a hidden passion. Mm-hmm. Um, Noctis is very into fishing. Uh, Gladio is into survival, of course. So like he keeps like a bestiary of enemies he fight. But more importantly, Prompto is into photography and Ignis is into cooking. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite thing <laughs> in the game. So Ignis is the one with glasses. He's kind of like proper uh very paternal uh i i I think he's my favorite if i want to be honest yeah Um, he's awesome but whenever you go to a diner and eat food he goes i dare say i can make this at camp and pulls out a notebook and like scribbles in it yeah (laughs) like i just (laughs) it's like yeah we just spent two thousand gil on salmon i think we can probably cook this with one of our many beast parts (laughs) um or when you buy food he goes i've got it a new recipe yeah that is easily (laughs) the best line in the whole game yeah it's a new recipe it's like very I, I'm trying to do his voice. It's very, very on the nose. Yeah. Um, but uh, he will cook food that all looks delicious. Like all the graphical fidelity in this game <laughs> has gone into Ignis's dishes, yep. including just the, the toast that you can make. And they all will boost stats. In that way, the main loop of the game of like fighting enemies, setting up camp to level up reminds me a lot of Monster Hunter. Uh, I think, yeah. oddly enough, if you were a Monster Hunter fan, you might really like this game. This yeah. has more in common with Monster Hunter than Final Fantasy. Yeah, I, um, I think this is where I want to interject. Um, sure. So without getting too far into it, I played this game at, at a... Uh, kind of like harrowing tumultuous time for me where like I had to briefly move home for like a month month and a half uh it was like a whole thing um and this game came out like literally the day I had to move back in with my parents briefly and and I like for that like month a month and a half like really all I did was play Final Fantasy 15 a game that I was not sure I was gonna like but just thought because like oh okay finally they're adding like real-time active combat to a Final Fantasy game like I'll check it out because this was before I realized I actually really do enjoy turn-based combat that. Um, but anyway, I was like, oh, thank God they're doing this. Let me check it out. And what I found was that in that time, I progressed the story almost zero percent. And pretty much all <laughs> I did was like all downtime stuff and hunting monsters. Um, yeah. Because so there's like a bounty board of monsters that like need to get taken out, essentially. And and you can just continue to do that and make money and, and get beast parts and things like that. Um, and it is all so fun. It is all so just like so frenetic and cool whenever you like find the monster and, and 
and and and you and your three buds are just like trying to take it out and then you relax by you know going and renting out an rv like that's next to a beautiful beach and like you cook food and hang out and wake up and go fishing the next day and just like talk to all the people who are staying at the resort that's near the rv and like that that loop of like i'm gonna go hunt some monsters then i'm just gonna like sit by a beautiful place and like hang out with my friends was exactly what i needed like emotionally and mentally at that point in my life um that the idea of progressing a story that at any point because i don't know what's happening in this game at any point it might be like any game um Guild Wars 2 or sorry Guild Wars for example where you play to a certain point and then the apocalypse happens and then the 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 whole land is <laughs> right. like a, a dark dismal nightmare and you don't want to hang out there and then it's just like playing Fallout again um yeah I was like <laughs> if I progress this story anymore there might be an apocalypse and the world might not be beautiful anymore so I'm just going to spend as much time in this as I possibly can and eventually you know I moved back into the apartment that I live in now um, and stuff like that. And and I uh, just stopped playing the game. I was like, that was good for that month and a half. That's what I needed right then. And I don't want to revisit this. So I have not played it since. And I have not played any more than that. So I'm, I'm interested to see what has happened in your game since. Yeah. But like the so- act of like me and my friends driving around in this car and just like hunting down monsters, climbing like cool mountains, going into like weird forests, uh, like hanging out by the beach, fishing wherever you can go fishing. And like just like that really, really, really stellar combat kind of, you know, spicing up those moments um, was such a satisfying loop that like I I think of this game very fondly, even though I don't think I played enough of it to like have a real opinion on it or like an overarching like I can't I can't speak sure, to the larger game in a sense, but I can speak to what I experienced and that yeah, I loved I, it all. I think that's that's still valid for sure. I understand your point there, but like I think your experience with it is equally valid. You don't have to like have gone to chapter X to say like you, you know, experienced it. Yeah. For context, I'm like, I want to say about eight or so hours in. Um, mm-hmm. And I like you did a lot of the hunts. Uh, what I love is that the hunts are given to you at literally like a highway diner. Like everything yes. in this game is like Midwest American South like diner highway vibe. Yeah, um, it is. It is like the Pixar's cars version of Route 66. Like it is <laughs> like it, it is. It is so um, almost like. I I I want to say idyllic, but like idyllic in its sparseness version of the American West. Um, it's sure. really fascinating. And I like I like the idea that like you'll talk to someone who works at Diner and they're like, well, I'll tell you I'll tell you what I know. There's a few goblins, a few spots west of here. Yeah. It's like okay, this is amazing. Yes. Um. So that all is great. I also like how when you set up camp. Every now and then, one of the three friends will pull you aside mm-hmm. and be like, like, Gladio will be like, hey, do you want to, like, race me on the beach? And, like, kind of like Persona, there'll be, like, a little moment between you two and usually some type of mini game. And, like, it has nothing to do with the plot. It doesn't even really have anything to do with them. Yeah. It's just a nice moment. And, like, my other favorite thing is uh, Prompto's thing is photography. And whenever you set up camp, the, the time in between you last set up camp and then he has randomly taken pictures of your adventure and you can choose which pictures of that to save. Yeah. And it's a really, like it's a really nice way to make your adventure feel unique to you. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the pictures are like awful, but some of them are really nice and like, well, I remember that moment that was unique to me. Yeah. It's really cool. So once that started happening a lot, cause I, I'm a person who has talked endlessly on this show about loving photo mode in yeah. video games and the idea that like there is a character devoted to just being in automatic photo mode was like really fascinating to me. And what I started to look out for was you can actually see him taking those pictures like in real time in combat and while things are happening. Yeah, you can see him take his camera out and like stop attacking a thing so he could take a picture of it first. Then he puts his camera away and then keeps fighting. It's really cool. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that I... And and I found that the fact that every character has like a, a hobby made me like them a lot more for some reason like Mm -hmm. i I endeared myself to them that way i knew like okay your whole like because they are so devoted to noctis and that's the other thing too that i wrote about in the newsletter is like it's not that they're strong characters by any means i think ignis and prompto have a bit more going on and i enjoy like their banter prompto can be a bit much but like that's his vibe and like i don't know i kind of find it endearing 
Yeah, exactly. And Ignis is just such a buzzkill that like I you know I love those kind of formal characters. Like yeah. you know, um but you know they're they're the thing about Final Fantasy is that in most casts, there's usually one character that I actually don't like. In this cast, I like them all fine, but I think I like them I like them together a lot. Like I like mm-hmm. their time together a lot. I will say, uh so like this all sounds like I, I, I'm really loving it. And I and surely I'm having a good time with it. I think the A plot mixed with everything else we just talked about is like water and, and oil. It's like it does not mix. It mm. feels like the 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 wild creatures walking around um, the sort of like Route 66 is great, but like not too far after the very beginning of the game, like there's this dramatic cutscene of your dad being killed by like all these monsters that like you don't like, yeah. okay, he's dying, but apparently that's the, uh, that exact scene like is the exact version of like how the CGI movie ends. So like they're showing you the end of a movie you haven't seen mm-hmm. as like a critical event. And then like it go it just goes from zero to 60 real quick of like, OK, like you find out your dad's dead. And like that, when that you, that's just worth fine. noting when you say CGI movie, you literally mean like there was a, like a not a theatrical, but like an actual like feature length release that coincides with this video game. Yeah. That like you kind of have to watch to, to get the full story of what's happening yeah. in the video game. And that's that's a common point of critique with this game is like there's like a few outside pieces of media that like you kind of do need to know to know exactly what's happening it's not complicated stuff i mean like okay king is dead and there's like an evil empire now but like i didn't even get a glimpse of what this other empire was and suddenly there are cutscenes of them being like perfect evil and like (laughs) i don't see their influence on the world at all right like we talked about Gravity Rush 2 uh, recently, and like, there's a point in that game where there's a turn and suddenly the main villain are like militarized police, which could be jarring, but they set it up where like, you yeah. go to this beautiful town and there's just someone with an AK in the crowd and you're like, why are you holding a gun? Like, I'm keeping the peace. So like, yeah. there's a seed planted of like, who the antagonist is going to be. I, I would have loved to see some, like, I would like to see what the influence of the kingdom and the empire is like, just in the like, slice of life stuff that I spend most of the game experiencing because it feels so jarring to suddenly go into these missions where I'm fighting like Magitech Star Wars mechs yes. and then I go right back to the diner and it feels like I'm in two different universes mm-hmm. like I think that that could be a cool clash but you'd never at least in this point in the game you don't see them together and truth be told like the beats where they really want me to feel something dramatic I just don't and it's not working for me yeah as much as the like let's go fishing is and I think as I play the game maybe I'll be invested enough in the characters where like there will be because again like the first cutscene is the four of them fighting together and that gripped me right Right away so like there's still room for the a plot to pull me back in but i just find it so like for as fantastic as it is uh, as a genre yeah it's like oddly muted like it, it feels like it's almost there because it has to be there and like i would the fact that this game opened with stand by me and then pushing a car i was like prepared for like why don't we have a final fantasy game where like we're kind of on the outside of like the big event you know yeah. like I, I thought i thought that that would have been more interesting than like giving me a taste of that and then suddenly be like oh no no no, it's actually about this um and then i'm like well that's not why i'm here right you know right, right. it doesn't yeah. it's oddly paced and i would probably credit that to its complicated development over time i feel like there are probably a lot of voices in the room of like what this game should have been and and i think like the end result is a very enjoyable game for the like moment to moment gameplay and like the the, there's so much here that is good that it's kind of weighed down by like what what could make it from good to great and like kind of holds it back which is like the the a plot and the truth be told the writing you know it's just like okay this is like kind of an oddly paced odd the writing is good in moments and then it's like very forced in other ones where i'm like i'd have known noctis for like 30 seconds and now he's giving a very dramatic model of something that i don't know until i see this movie i guess right yeah he, he's, he's doing the zach braff at the end of Scrubs speech yeah like uh, about you know the the meaning of friendship and, and and what it means for him to grow up and stuff it's like okay i don't even know who you are though 
you have a yeah. cool name maybe. So, and that doesn't ruin the experience for me, but it definitely lessens it. And I think it's like, okay, I'm playing this game for the Monster Hunter loop, for the camping, for those small moments. And I, and I like, and I wrote about this in the newsletter, like I like the feeling of ensemble between the four of them. I think that that's the saving grace of the game is like those slice of life moments, uh, the hunts, just driving around in your car and listening to soundtracks of other Final Fantasy games. But that's kind of where I draw the line where it's okay, if I'm spending this game in a car listening to the soundtrack of Final Fantasy VII, I should probably just be playing Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> you know. But yeah. I am enjoying Fifteen a lot. I will give it more time. I think it's definitely worth checking out. It, it's it's a good. It, it opens even before you start playing the game. It says it says a Final Fantasy for longtime fans and new fans alike. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably a good gateway game to play. Although there's no other fantasy, there's no other Final Fantasy really like it. So I wonder if that would be the best way to introduce yourself to this series. Yeah, but I, I think I if, if this is the first Final Fantasy game you're playing, I think the next one you should play is Final Fantasy VII Remake when that comes out. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And I think that's playing 15 makes me even more excited for the seven remake because like even if it's just this combat, it will be fantastic. Yeah. So that's, I that's think, like, the point of it. Yes. I've, yeah. <laughs> I've said that so many times and I, I feel that so strongly, like just take that combat and then put it in a game with that story and you have a fucking masterpiece. Oh, yeah. So I think that I'm I'm really enjoying 15 for what it does well. It's definitely not on the same level as other ones, but I am enjoying it more than like I enjoyed 12, I think. It's like kind of just middle of the road for me uh, yeah. in terms of how it stacks up to the rest of the series. But like, that's a good thing. And I think I think it's a good we talk a lot about like in long running series, like what entries are like the sum of the entries before it. Like a Final Fantasy six is like the swan song of the old school era. Mm-hmm. Um, seven set a new foundation. This game, despite its flaws, is definitely setting a new way forward for the series. I think it's a good foundation to be set. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. Final Fantasy 15. Uh, good video game you can go pick it up probably pretty cheap at this point but i would recommend it and it sounds like steven would also kind of recommend it yeah i absolutely would i think especially at this point if it was just coming out i would probably be a bit more hesitant to say like spend 60 bucks on it but like and that's kind of what i'm like how much would i have liked this if i got it like on release you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like if i went in with like because i went in with very tempered expectation um if i went in expecting like to get the same and that's unfair to 15 because again i mean the strength of final fantasy is that every entry is different so i really love the risks they took in this one and oddly the the point of tension i have with the a plot is because the a plot is very traditional final fantasy the evil empire the you know all that stuff is like we've done that before i would have rather seen like a more low stakes road trip and and those moments really are wonderful and i think i think if you're a fan of the series it's definitely worth checking out um and i'm looking forward to checking out uh the other ones i haven't played i haven't played 13 uh i haven't played much of 14 and i haven't played like one and two basically yeah the rest i have and i'll eventually bring to the table well when you play 14 let me know and i'll also jump in we should play that together that and elder scrolls online are like our two awaiting Mm -hmm. projects yeah, yeah in the wings fun. cool uh yeah you want to wrap up for this one uh i does say i can make this at camp yes let's wrap <laughs> up i just wanted to say that again uh cool thank you so much to everybody who listens to the show uh really really means so much uh people are constantly hitting us up and telling us that they like it and that just really means the world honestly if you want to keep up with the show we have a twitter account at into the cast uh we have a twitch account at into the cast i think we're probably going to be streaming some more stuff towards the holiday season as you and i have more time off um, which is going to be cool and fun. We, uh, If you like the show a whole bunch uh, and you want to help us out, uh, you can head over to Apple Podcasts and write a review. Um, you could also just like rate it out of five stars, whatever you're feeling. And if you like really, really love the show, um, you can head over to patreon.com slash into the cast and um, throw some money into that uh, into that Patreon. Uh, we have three tiers. A $1 tier gets you a shout out. $3 tier gets you uh, the high-res episode art and mobile wallpapers. And the $5 tier gets you uh, the newsletter. We just put out our public edition of the newsletter every uh quarter we're gonna do like a public version and uh hopefully you all liked that uh and yeah just want to give a shout out to the people uh who backed the show uh akira alex andrew uh oh two andrew d's bead benjamin d benjamin w uh bolt brett Catherine, christopher david hilton inez jason jeff josh 
Cameron, Kim, Kyle, Mark, Marcel, Melly Muffin Pie, Micah, Min, uh, No Name, Pablo, Philip, Salute PZ, Scout, and Spencer. Thank you all uh, for for back so the much. show. Uh, really, really cool. And uh, yeah, is there is there more stuff? Uh, thank you to AJ, uh, our producer, who always makes the show sound wonderful. And thank uh, you, AJ, saves us from ourselves. <laughs> For real. He's the, uh, he's the, who's Norse mythology who like watches the world. Um, that's AJ. That's who it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. His name. Yeah. The, the, his name is AJ. Yeah. The Norse God's name is AJ. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I second everything Brandon just said. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. I think what's coming up that we have the dates for in terms of, uh, our game of the year episode, I think is probably going to be coming out the January 1st. January 1st. Yeah. That just happens to be a Wednesday, which is awesome. So we're going to start the year. That's set in stone. Yeah. It's really fun. Um, Um, our bonus episode for December, um, not really sure when it's gonna come out. Probably um, either the 29th, 30th, or 31st. I think um, it'll December. be before that episode, though. Yeah, sure. just like prepare for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you kind of said like, if you like the show, do this. If you really like the show, do this. If you really, really like the show, do this. If you like. Love the show, second to none. Listen to that episode. Yeah. It's gonna be a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's yeah, just a. A really dumb idea that we all said yes to. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, so that'll be cool. Uh, Anything else? I mean, there's we don't really have anything set in stone to talk about in December outside of like revisiting games and like checking out some ones we may have missed. Um, I did not talk about Anthem this week, but I'm sure I'm going to talk about Anthem at some point this month. Yeah, we've got a lot. We've got a lot on the backlog and I have like a lot to revisit as well. I actually just picked up um, in my Final Fantasy mission. I picked up Tactics for the PS1. Yeah. Um, I actually had people vote on Twitter if I should talk about that or 15 and 15 won by one vote. Oh, wild. Whoever you are. Uh, you're responsible for uh, my Ignis impression. Thank you. Yeah. But I, uh, I've got a lot to, I've got a lot to talk about, Brendan. So don't <laughs> worry. All right. Can I say this about, uh, um, oh, go ahead. just quickly about, <laughs> about Anthem before we move on. Sure. Um, you know, we're ending with an anthem take. I love this. Yeah, we're we're uh, we're making our top ten list. We're checking them twice. Uh, we're trying to figure out what games were naughty, which games were nice. The naughtiest game of 2019. The naughtiest game. The not the bad. I guess the AI bad boy Dungeon of 2019. <laughs> um, it's AI Dungeon Two because it's trying to make you smooch an elf. True, true, true. But anyway, um, yeah. so you know, we made our top tens. Not made our top tens. We're still like working on our top tens as we're like working our way through some stuff and uh, whatever. Um, I currently have a top 25, uh, that is, oh, you know, wow. shifting back and forth. I'm only going to talk about top tens. Everything else is going to be honorable mentions. I do want to say Anthem is in the top 20 right now. Okay. Hot and take. And that's all I'm going to say about Anthem for now. That's all I'm going to say. I like that. I'm afraid of your top 10, to be honest. It's going to be like, uh, this is a Cuphead and Soul Calibur 2 are my top two games. I do have a section in here that is just called LOL to make Steven mad. And uh, it's it's Cuphead, Dragon's Dogma, and Dragon Quest 11, Echoes of an Elusive Age, definitive edition for the Nintendo Switch. Well, Dragon Quest 11... I would let you put on the list because it came out this year. It's like a new version of it. I will allow that. Uh, if you want it on your real list, it's not gonna, it's not gonna make it there. Uh, I made you so upset wrong. last year. I don't want to do that again. Last year, we both learned from our mistakes. Exactly. Uh, I think. I think. Yeah. I think it's gonna. And I think the thing that's I'm excited for with this game of the year episode is that we've been doing the show for a full year. Mm-hmm. Last year, we started in June, so we only kind of had six months. Um, not so we to, were able not to surprise to each other with Monster one. Hunter World. <laughs> that was a beautiful moment. Um, I'm just, just to second everything we said earlier though, I'm having such a great time creating the show with you and I am so happy to have a full season and I'm looking forward to the year ahead of us. Yes. Likewise. Okay. Soul Calibur 2, game of the year. <laughs> Honestly. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, don't stop this. <laughs> See you in hell. Garbage dot online.